Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was a fun two days at the Bruce Arians Golf Tournament. The Family Foundation had their gala and their tournament, of course, at the Innisbrook Resort in Palm Harbor. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a lot about Tom Brady and his gift to Bruce Arians and also Chris Sims' report that the Miami Dolphins had, I guess, planned to send a second-round pick to the Bucks for Tom Brady and the Bucks' denial about all of those interactions. So we've got a lot to talk about with the Bucks, we're going to do that on tomorrow's podcast because there's so much going on with respect to all of the Tampa Bay sports. And let's start with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I got to be honest, Steve. So I'm driving back now. The first thing that was disappointing to me was that I don't I don't think I have ESPN. In fact, I know I don't have ESPN Plus. I didn't realize this game was not on Valley Sports, so that was number one. Number two, um, when when I when I joined the game in progress on the radio. Um, I think it was three to one. Then all of a sudden, three to two. And I, by the time I got home, it was three to three. Uh, and so, but but it was early in the game, and it was a classic battle. I mean, look, the Panthers, number one team in the NHL, right? Um, the most points this season, thirteen wins in a row. And you can't tell me that when they play these guys, even though we're we're just you know looking at the final home game tonight against Columbus, and. What are, we, what are we, a week away from the postseason? Is that less where than. we're at? The playoffs less will start than. Monday night. Wow. Okay, so less than a week until the postseason. But you can't tell me that this wasn't a measuring stick game for both teams because obviously Florida's having the kind of year they're having, the Lightning two-time defending cup champions. It's kind of that way whenever they get together and they've gotten together in the last two postseasons. I mean – all of a sudden, it's eight to three. They win eight to three, and you you take the three games that they combine, um, twenty one goals, which is a, a club record for. No, no, hold for, on, it's twenty two goals, Rick. So twenty two. I'm sorry, I, they scored again. Right. Yeah, yes, they, they just scored scoring. again. Yeah, it could be twenty four by the end of this podcast. Um, so twenty two goals in three games against three okay team. I mean, you know, well, Winnipeg. I I was there for that one. So, I mean. This has to be, if you're in the NHL and you thought the Lightning's demise was imminent because they weren't playing well, um, you know, they were given some days off to Vasilevsky, they, they were giving up, you know, too many odd man rushes, the defense wasn't that great, Kucherov hadn't really gotten to a scoring mode just yet. Hey, guess what? They just took the best team in hockey and gave them an 8-3 to beatdown in their own arena, that has to be more than just a warning shot to the rest of the league. Oh, it's definitely. I mean, the last since we last taped, and in all disclosure, we did yesterday's show was taped last week, so we had some commitments on Sunday. So that's why we're talking about this game now, or these three games, really. It was the Lightning are struggling. Can they turn it on? They'd look bored. You name the 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 storylines that have been going on, injuries, whatever it is. They come into playing Toronto, Nashville, and Florida. 
Toronto is probably going to be the two seed and probably Tampa Bay's opponent in the first round. Florida's the best record in the East, probably going to win the President's Trophy. And Nashville's a desperate team in the playoffs. Not They're not locked in yet. They're, they're one of the wild cards right now, and they need points. Yeah. And they're probably going to make it, but they need some points. They, they don't want to have to rely on Vegas to keep helping them, who keeps helping them, which is another story. Mm-hmm. You went into those games, and you put up eight, six, and eight. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. That was okay. We're a week and a half out from the playoffs. We're getting ready now. Now, mm-hmm. there's still some things you'd like to see them clean up, and they, they give up four goals against Florida. Mm-hmm. They still have some leaks defensively at times. Although, in these three games, they played a lot better defensively than they had prior to that. And and you're starting to see them start to ramp this up and turn this on. Um, you're seeing Kucherov heat up. Steven Stamkos was the NHL's number one star of the week. Um, he might get 100 points. He's, he's up to 97 yes. all of a sudden. I, I mean, out of the blue, he's, he's going to have 30. He's going to have. Hot. Was he going to have close to 40 goals this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's never had 100 points in a, in a season. 98 is his career high. He's wow. at 97 right now with three games oh, to go. He'll get that. Yeah, he'll get that. Uh, Cooch is heating up. Uh, Nick Paul, oh, my goodness. He's the star. Uh, to me, he's been the difference, not so much in these last three games, although he's been showcasing what, he's, what he can do. I would like to know, and I don't know if you know you do the Lightning broadcast, obviously, and whether Julian Breesbaugh has talked about this or Cooper – per se, did they have any idea the kind of player they were? I mean, I knew they, they had a big body. Um, you know, he was somebody that you're probably looking at the third or fourth line. But his offensive abilities and his just his feel for the game, he's made two of the biggest highlight plays of the season since he's been here. Um, the no-look pass uh, to Ross Colton in that one game, which mm-hmm. was a phenomenal play. And then, and then against Florida – uh, you know, I, I'm listening on a drive home. He scores the goal between the legs. Shorthanded. And I'm trying, shorthanded, yeah. They're, right, they're on a PK. Shorthanded goal uh, between the legs. And I'm listening to Dave Michigan, who's losing his mind, as Dave can do sometimes. And and he kept he goes, he scored between his legs. And I kept thinking, well, yeah, it probably went between the goal. That's like that's the five <laughs> hole. I kept thinking, well, it went past the goaltender's legs, don't you think? And no, he actually shot it. Between his legs, and what a what a highlight goal that was! But yeah, I mean, and he's big. I was down on the ice uh, for one of those games against Winnipeg, and I I didn't realize the, the absolute size. This guy is 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 a difference maker. I mean, he has really come in here, and 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 you know, it it takes time to go from one team to the next. But you know, I I'd be curious to know if they thought they were getting all of this when they traded for Nick Paul. I don't know what the organization thinks. I mean, Nick Paul is a pending free agent, so this was a rental. Yeah, you know, well, maybe and I think, rent to own. I think I think they hope to resign. Although I think yeah. his stock is going up. It's, and, his price has gone way through the roof. And the Lightning have some salary cap issues next year, so yeah, they're going to they have do. to figure some stuff out if they want to keep some tough decisions. Yeah, but Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli um, on on the Lightning uh, Power Lunch show they do every day. Um, uh-huh. uh, they stream live every day at noon. We're talking today, actually, about about the exact thing. Is this is this really what Nick Paul was, and we just never saw it in Ottawa, or is this he's on a team with a lot more skill, and it's now starting to show? I think it's the latter. You know, or is this just playing for a contract, and he's playing out of his mind? 
And, and that doesn't hurt either, right? Yeah, but I, you know, so if, if you're looking to resign him, what are you expecting to get next year out of it? Was kind of their their question yeah. is 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 this what he really is when when he's playing with guys like Stamkos and Kucherov, Kucherov and, mm-hmm. and Hedman and you know and all this compared to what he had in Ottawa. Now, granted, the last two years, I mean, you see Ottawa a couple times because they're in your division, but last year they you didn't see them; they were in the Canadian division, so you yeah. haven't seen a lot of them either. I mean. To be honest, when you acquired the two guys, Hagel and Nick Paul, this is kind of what you were expecting more from Nick or from Brendan Hagel than Nick Paul. I mean, you thought Hagel was going to be, you know, he was coming in with twenty goals already on the season, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was supposed to be the one that had some more offensive firepower. Nick Paul was supposed to be that third, fourth line center, win some yeah. faceoffs, got some size, got some grit, some sandpaper, mm-hmm. you know. And Hagel does too, but you, it's almost like. Like what Paul is doing is what you kind of expected Hegel to do, just yeah. based on what we knew about the players. And granted, you don't see them every day, and we don't scout them like the, the Lightning does. And, and perhaps the Lightning knew that Nick Paul had a lot of skill that wasn't being might have. shown, you know. And that's why they traded for him. Uh, you know, we don't. I, I don't know what Julian Breesbaugh and his scouts were thinking, but it's, it's been yeah. incredible to watch Nick Paul. And it doesn't matter whether he's on the third or fourth line, or you play him with Kucherov or Point or Stamkos and. And he's just he's consistent. That, I mean, that's the 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 best thing you can say about him is he's just been consistent no matter where you put him. You every time he's on the ice, you know exactly what to expect out of him. Yeah, he doesn't make the bad play. He makes he makes sometimes the amazing play, but he's always reliable and he can play you know on any on any line in any situation, whether it's penalty kill or whatnot. And it's not that Hagel has been bad, by the way. I think Hagel's played pretty well too. I think he's finding his way, and yeah, you know, with Hagel, a little harder as, as a score yeah. as a goal scorer, right? I well, mean, Hagel maybe didn't expect to be traded. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, Nick Paul pretty much knew he was going to be traded. His GM had told him, "We're shopping you. You're, you know, you're the people are inquiring about you. you're a pending free agent." Yep. You know, he knew this was coming. Brendan Hagel's had two years left on his deal after this year. You know, it was going to take a lot to get him from Chicago, and it, it did. I mean, it, it gave up, what, two first-round picks and Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. So he wasn't expecting, but Brendan Hagel's also said a few things since he's gotten here. One, he'd never been traded in his life before. Not in juniors, not in, you know, that's, that's kind of rare. And so it's kind of a shock to the system, and when you weren't expecting it going in either, going right. to a trade deadline. And he also mentioned some things about systems and stuff, which I think are very telling. That he said, for instance, here, when you get the puck in your zone and you're breaking out, you don't just get the puck out and break it out, which is what a lot of fans want to see sometimes. Is They have designed breakouts. You get the puck here, we want you to go here with it, here, here, here. And so as he's been playing, he's been thinking, which in today's game, if you think you're dead, I mean, that split second of, wait a minute, where do I go with the puck? You're you're toast in this game. I mean, it's too fast now. And and it's that, you know, he's got to build that repetition of, okay, this is what I do now, where he said Chicago didn't have those kind of breakouts. And so, you know, there, I think there's been a lot of adjustments for him where Nick Paul's game is just straight north-south game. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I think it's been a little easier for him to adjust. And I think you're seeing Brendan Hagel start to find his way on this team a lot more now. And as every game and practice goes by, I think you're seeing a, a better comfort level from him. And the Lightning are going to have him for two more years, so that's a good thing to, to know. Yeah, it is. And and I, I think that, you know, Cooper said it the other day, he goes, everybody's wanting to know where's our offense. Well, there it is, right? <laughs> and, 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 I mean, they're still capable of lighting the lamp, lighting up the scoreboard like nobody's business. Um, 
the biggest problem they've had, quite frankly, has has been turnovers and, and playing their right way and you know playing defense and you know suffocating teams when when you have a lead like they did in the postseason. But there's no reason to expect now, you know, assuming that they're able to get you know through the rest of the season or the last week here healthy. Um, the one thing that they have that these other teams don't have are the back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, they know what this time of year is about. And I and I can't help but think, I think it's human nature somewhat too, Steve, that, you know, when when it's a zero-sum game like it is for guys like Tom Brady or if you're the Lightning that have won back-to-back Stanley Cups, the regular season, it, it, it matters, but it's it's not the, the ultimate goal. It, it's just a means to an end. Like you have to make the playoffs, obviously, to try to win the Cup. But really, home ice and that sort of thing isn't as important as just getting to the postseason and you know how to you know how to get home from there. I gotta believe that, you know, they this is the fifth straight year they've made the postseason. It it not that you take it for granted that you're gonna be there, but you take it for granted you're gonna end up there. And it's what you do once once, you know, the, the playoffs begin that they've managed to do better than anybody in hockey. And I I think there's a fatigue mentally. You know, we talked about whether it was physical or mental. I think it was mental. I think they now see the finish line. They were inspired to play Florida. Like, they were up. They were clearly up for that game, as was Florida, I'm sure, uh, because these are the two bullies looking across the room at each other, and they're going to go, and everybody's just going to, you know, duck behind a chair when they go for it because it's, it's sooner or later it's it's going to break out, and it did. Um, and, I mean, they rose to the occasion, and then some. You put an eight-burger on them, an eight-burger, like – where did that come from? You know, like, yeah, we knew you were capable, but you came to Sunrise and did them that way. That that's in, you know, sports is confidence, man. You know, you either have it or you don't. It's either on a high or it's on a low. It's always, it's, it's very rarely just even keeled, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I think that, I think they, they were up for that. And I think it's, going to be in the back of Florida's minds. It's certainly confidence for them if and when they were to meet Florida again. And they just have that look about them like, you know what? We've made it to the finish line. This is why we played all these games for. Now let's go try to make history and win a third Stanley Cup. And again, if you're a Lightning fan, knock on all the wood you can. They're they're pretty healthy right now. They haven't always been mm-hmm. healthy going into the postseason, but they're pretty healthy right now. And if they have all their dudes... And and we've seen them play postseasons without Stamkos. We've seen them without without some of their key guys. And as long as Vasilevsky, who by the way, how did you think he looked against uh, against Florida overall? He looked good. I, I I don't think he's looked great yet. Um, yeah. But like I said, I still think there's some defensive lapses in front of him at times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, the goalie gets the blame whenever Always, a puck yeah. goes in, but. You know, yeah. a lot of times it's a lot of stuff that happens in front of them. Um, I think they're getting there defensively. Yeah. I don't think they're there yet, but, you know, the playoffs haven't started yet either, and they know that. Um, getting McDonough back was big, absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely been huge. Um, and, you know, they've been playing without you – know, they've had a couple dinged up injuries. I mean, Belmar missed the game there. Point missed a game Point went last out, Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they, they've been – you know, played some seven defensemen which is not normal, too, so the rotations get a little off there. Yeah. Uh, but although when I say defense, I don't just mean the defensemen either. I mean, you know, a lot of times that's, the you know, 
offensive players either not getting back or making bad passes, et cetera. So yeah. that's all that's all part of it. But I don't worry about Andre Vasilevsky in the playoffs. No, I think he's going to be locked in. I mean, and he's there, going to be playing every day. If there's one player that in the playoffs period, not just on the Lightning period, you don't worry about it's Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he'll be locked in unless he's hurt. And we don't know that because yeah. he's gotten a lot of days off as a late. And, and mm-hmm. Cooper, you know, has had total confidence, obviously, in Elliott, who's done a great job, by the way. I think he's like, what, 9-2 and two or something like that over the mm-hmm. last 11 Oh, he's starts. been fantastic. And that's why yeah. they re-signed him for next year as the backup. So Yeah, right. I mean, he's been great. And, and I mean, it's great to have that. But it seems as if, to me, and again, maybe it's mental fatigue. Maybe you just you know he's such a horse that he's going to play every game. And if you plan on going deep in the playoffs, you got to win 16, got to win 16. And that's a grind. And, and, and he's played more hockey than any goaltender in the world the last couple of years at that level. So it might just be just letting him get refreshed physically. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there is something that's not feeling all that great. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, you don't get a lot of information on these injuries to begin with. It's upper body or lower body, and that's it. That's the extent of what they report. But what do players report to their teams? You know, mm-hmm. you don't know what he's dealing with. And um, and and I don't know. He could be perfectly healthy, and, and, and maybe Cooper is just trying to get him as many days off because he knows what's the long road in front of him, well, which is smart. Yeah, don't forget smart. they're in the middle of five games in seven days right now. Yeah, that's a season. lot. Yeah, it's And a I lot. expect Ellie to get two of the three games this week. Yeah, you know, I assume tonight and he'll. Well, there's get, a back to back, right? Yeah, tonight anyway. and then he'll probably get Friday. I think they'll give Vasilevsky Thursday. Yeah, the playoffs could start as soon as Monday for them. So, okay, Vasilevsky play Thursday gives them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You'll have a practice. Yeah, you know, it gives you a little more time off. Full three days, yeah. Knowing that when the playoffs start, unlike That's a lot it. of these teams in the playoffs, Vasilevsky's getting every minute unless something mm. happens. Yeah, you know, unless he's I hurt. Mean, there's not going to be. Okay, Swayman and Allmark in Boston, or Bobrovsky, mm-hmm. but now we're putting Spencer Knight in in Florida, and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all, a lot of these teams have one A, one B goalies. Tampa's got one. I mean, yeah. Brian Elliott's been fantastic, but he's two. There's yeah. not one yeah. B. He's two. There's no yeah. question about that going in. Yeah, they got the one, and um, yeah. So I, I mean, if you're a Lightning fan, you got to be excited, man. And I got two in this house, and they're pretty jacked up about the postseason, and and you know. Looks like Toronto, I guess, is who they would start with. I, I suppose. mean, that's that's pretty much. It's not locked in yet, but it looks like mm-hmm. they will start at Toronto most likely. Although yeah. technically, they still could host that game. Uh, they are five points back of Toronto. Uh, Toronto's got two to play. Tampa's got one to play. So really, mm-hmm. Toronto's magic numbers. I think one because I think Toronto's got the tiebreaker. So really, Toronto just needs one more point or the Lightning, uh, an overtime loss or a loss, and Toronto would get the two seed. And is Toronto supposed to be at full strength when they play these guys the next time? Because I know they weren't. Do we ever know? <laughs> well, yeah, good point. I don't I have mean, a crystal ball. But, you know, sure. how many of these injuries right now is all the teams are in the playoffs are, well, we'll sit them out. I mean, Braden Point last Thursday. It was yeah. pretty much, yeah, we're sitting them out. But if it was a playoff game, he'd have played. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I mean Alex Kalorn played with a broken leg. So. Well, he, yeah, he wanted to. He tried to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, a lot of these injuries right now, it's look, we're already in the playoffs. If you're dinged right. up, take the day yeah. off, take a rest, take, yep. you know, a week from now matters more than today. Yeah. Period. Cause once so. you start there, you, you don't get that time. And mm-hmm. um, now, unless you get a lot, unless you start sweeping teams, then you get a little time in between series, but right. But the, you know, you're never guaranteed that of course. No, you're playing, playing every other day or so. I mean, it's crazy. Well, it's crazy in the Eastern conference, the eight teams making the playoffs, all eight teams have a hundred points already. 
Has that happened before? I mean, I suppose it has at some point. I don't point, know right? if it's happened, but I mean, they all have 100 points, and the teams either have two or three games to play. Whew. I mean, it's crazy. And then, but then the ninth place team has 80 points. I mean, there's a 20 point gap between eight and nine in the Eastern wow. Conference. Mm. It's crazy this the the separation in the Eastern Conference between the 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 haves and the have-nots or the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams. I mean, anyone can win that side of the board, I think. Anyone. I think, you know, they're all pretty bunched up for the most part, so. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Should be great. Also great was the Tampa Bay Rays. They've been playing pretty good baseball as of late. Um, they win their series over the Red Sox. They start tonight against the Seattle Mariners, part of a three-team homestand uh, that they're on right now. Um, my thoughts about look. First of all, they lost the game that was the wander, wander, wander highlight show. Um, and he came up in the ninth, and you're thinking, oh, this, oh, they got this. This was this was the script, right? Like, okay. Get your hit here, and you've hit two home runs already, and you made an unbelievably dazzling catch uh, where you ran a thousand yards, and you know, um, going away from the home plate and made that play. So it was all there for him. He did hit that ball very hard. Oh, he did. He did very hard. In fact, in that game, they they probably should not have been in that game because, quite frankly, Boston left so many guys on base. Um, but Boston also had some unbelievable plays at second base and shortstop. And some just, I mean, the ball Diaz hits uh, to short would have would have been a double off the wall in a couple of runs. So they were they were kind of living on the edge themselves. Um, but yeah, it was set up for Wander Franco with two outs there, and and um, yeah, what, what can you say? They made a nice play, but then they came right back, man, and they they win two straight over Boston. Now two games over five hundred. You know, if you stra- extrapolated that out, like just what their record is right now. Um, Basically, it's a 90-win season, and they really haven't begun to play their best game, their best baseball, you know? So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely not playing their best yet. I mean, there's a few players. I mean, you know, Wander Franco, of course. Uh, G-Man Choi's been hot for the most part. Unbelievable, yeah. Uh, Francisco Mejia's done very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're still you're still not seeing them play their best baseball at this point. Um it was, Brendan Lau hasn't really gotten no. going all that consistently. He's had a few. He's had a few knocks, but he has. He's not. He likes. He gets toasty at times. Yes, he can carry you. And and he's he hasn't been toasty at all yet. Um. Yeah, it's it's. Zanino's not hitting anything. Oh no! I mean, they're just kind of they're kind of trudging along, but they're hanging right in there. What a game out, game and a half out of first. Yeah. at this point. Yeah, the East is all benched um, up. Yeah, you know, it's just, and they kind of did this last year too. Yep. Uh, you know, let's kind of get our feet. I don't want to say get our feet wet, but just kind of, you know, find our legs, get moving. And, and, and then at some point you hope that the talent they have on this team is going to start, you know, massing victory after victory together and, you know, winning, 
you know, seven out of ten and consistently and, and you know, here three or four in a row and then maybe you drop one and win another couple and, you know, those get streaky is what you really want to have a team do. Um, yeah. And when you're not streaky, you just want to kind of stay with the tide and be at 500, which is what they're doing right now. Yeah, they're two games over, and, and that's, you know, given their start, that's not a bad place to be. Um, they're playing good baseball. Where they're not playing good baseball, however, and this has to change, is the number of outs they're making on the bases. And I'm looking at you, Randy or Rosarina. There's a difference between aggressive and bad base <laughs> yeah. running. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't mind an aggressive out and a guy makes a perfect play and, and you get thrown out. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, those happen. I mean, sometimes you got to tip your cap, but. Sure. It's, there's a lot of bad base running on this team. Well, it has and, been and, for years. It's not like this is a new thing either. No, it's not. I mean, I, we've talked about this before. Kevin Kiermaier, for as athletic and as great of a defender he is, I think has zero instincts for the game sometimes. And uh, not sometimes, but a lot of the times, especially on the base paths. Well, Rosarena has been probably one of the bigger offenders as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I love his hustle and I love his aggressiveness. Um, but Kevin Cash said after the game the other day, he goes, well, somebody said, well, you know, you, you kind of, I mean, you kind of like it about Lisa Randy, you know, uh, you like to see that aggressive baseball. I mean, do, do you like to see him try to take that extra base? He goes, yeah, you know what I like to see? I like to see him do it when he's safe. <laughs> if he can do it and he's safe, that's great. Otherwise, I'd rather he not do it. <laughs> so he's not that, wrong. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? Like, hey, it's great to be aggressive, but you better make it there, pal, you know? And um and he and he heard him the other night because you know he had would have had first and third I, I think uh, a Rosa uh, he would he got thrown out at second and I think that maybe Franco was going to come up or some of their bigger bats were behind him so yeah they've run themselves out of a lot of innings a lot of innings on the other hand you couldn't complain about the pitching right now I mean they are still spackling this together as they as they still got what three starters that are out right now they threw nine uh, no-hit innings and couldn't get a win <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean they that. got the win eventually in the 10th but I mean they throw nine yeah. no-hit innings and zero, how is it zero. even a game at that point right like you know you know you know node somebody through nine and and it's a tie game that should never happen although good on the Red Sox what gave up two hits in that time so they did yeah it wasn't like the yeah it wasn't like the Rays were bashing the ball they weren't but that was uh, – so I'm listening to that one on the radio and Dave Wills. I, I didn't realize until I saw the replay how hard uh, Walls ran to first base. That was a very, very close play. Mm-hmm. And that's ball game right there. And then, of course, he steals second, which also got him in scoring position, and then the walk-up by KK. I had a question because it got me to thinking. And I, I don't know the rules, so maybe, maybe you know this or whatever. But now that we have a ghost runner in the 10th inning, Mm-hmm. Say you had a perfect game going into the tenth. Yeah. Fly ball out to right field. Runner advances to third. Mm-hmm. Sack fly to center field. Runner scores. Yep. Have we now dis- where you can have a perfect? That's still a perfect game, correct? At that point, you're twenty nine up, twenty nine down. Yeah, but you've given up a run, so it's not perfect. But, but it's an unearned run. I mean, they don't. It's not earned. You didn't put the the base runner and get With there because of you. With a sack fly, is a well, sack fly doesn't go well, but, against but, but, you, right? You didn't put the base runner there. It's I mean, no, that's true. I mean, you that didn't. base runner is unearned at all times in extra yeah. innings because you didn't. You, I mean, you didn't they, actually they start. There, to, yeah. But can we now have a perfect game where you actually give up a run? Is that it, would that be defined as a perfect game? 
You know, you should ask Bill Matthews that question next time you see him. I don't know. It's a it's a great question. You know, do you penalize a pitcher who has sat down everybody he faced when he didn't face the guy, the ghost runner at second? Yeah, and and he just got two fly ball outs. Right. No errors. No wild pitches. No, you know, none of that. I mean, it was, and know, lost on two a sack fly, fly ball outs or lost, or even if you you know come back and win in the bottom. But I mean, does it count yeah. as a perfect game? Even though you gave up a run. I mean, we know no hitters you can give up runs, walks, and... Sure, and, all the and, time. You yeah. know, there's the errors and all that stuff. I mean, no hitters, we know there's... I mean, you've, there's pitchers that have lost no hitters. The definition of a perfect game is you can't lose it because nobody got on for the other team. Well, and that's what makes me wonder because if you allow someone to score, even though he was an inherited runner, so to speak, mm-hmm. if that's not... That is clearly not perfection. But, I mean, it, but it was... Two routine outs, not like right. you threw a pass ball after that or a wild pitch or, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I feel you. You know, the, the uh, catcher tries to throw the guy out at second. He's leaning too far and it goes in the outfield. And he's, you know, I mean, it's two routine fly balls to deep right and center field. And I, I don't know if it would be, but it got me thinking the other night when it was going to the 10th inning. I'm like, wait a minute. Could you still have a perfect game but give up a run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Could could you throw a no hitter with with five or six pitchers and lose? They almost did that. Well, I mean, no hitters have been lost in the past. I mean, that's yeah, happened before. One nothing, two nothing, give up yeah. enough walks and errors or pass balls or whatever. Sure, um, that happens. But a perfect game by definition can't. But I'm like, wait a minute, twenty nine up, twenty nine down. Yeah, something we'll have to ask. We'll have to ask somebody smarter than me. Obviously, maybe maybe Billy Matthews there, the scorekeeper for the Rays, knows. I don't. I'll be there this weekend. Maybe I'll try to ask him. You should ask that you, and have Dave and Andy bring it up because I, it's a great question. I, and I don't. I don't know the answer. Not that I know. I mean, they change rules. So when if you change rules, that's uh, you know everything's out the window. But even for them to do it, they they fell behind two runs in mm-hmm. the tenth. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it it is extremely hard in that situation even to tie the game, much less. Get the walk off. I had did. I'll be honest. I did not realize that Kevin Kiermaier had never hit a walk off home run because Lord knows he's been here a long time. He's hit enough home runs. He's not a home run hitter, but he's hit some like game tying ones in that. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, I think he's had walk off hits, just not home runs. Not home runs. But that was his moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. You know when they when they do the history of Kevin Kiermaier with the Rays, boy, that one is certainly going to be. And you could tell, like, he had this sort of, like, you know, 12-year-old attitude about, like, I've always wanted to do that. And um, that was quite the quite the performance. I'm just thinking, like, what are the Red Sox thinking, <laughs> like, when that happened, man? Oh, did you see how fast Kiermaier went around those bases, too? Oh, he was flying. He, was he, took, he took the helmet off right after he rounded first, and I thought, you're supposed to hold the helmet until you get the home plate, aren't you? Isn't that where he <laughs> t- tossed it up in the air? He goes, I don't remember a thing I did. And he says, if I had it to do over, I'd go a little slower. <laughs> Every day I'm hustling. Oh, he was hustling. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, he didn't feel his feet touch the ground either. You know, he was he was on pillows, man. There, there can't be a bigger feeling than that. Nice crowds, of course. A lot of Red Sox fans. That's expected. But nice you know, crowds. If, for if that I'm series. going around the bases that fast, I'd be worried. Like I, you know, especially because you probably can't feel your feet at that point. You'd pull something, right? No, I'm missing a base. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, all of a sudden you're flying around, you miss second base or something. Yeah, oh. they're watching too. You <laughs> oh, know yeah. what I mean? I mean, the like, umpire, if def- you ever watch on those walk-offs, the umpires oh, yeah. stand there and watch until you touch until home plate. Until you then touch, they turn yeah. And gone. Each base umpire goes yep. and, and walks away after you touch it, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's happened before, but he was, um, yeah, he was, he was great. Also great, Shane McClanahan. Can we talk about this guy for a minute? Okay, so 
he faces the Red Sox uh, in the final game of the series, and they had a game plan. <laughs> okay, their game plan was ambush. I played this game before. <laughs> it's fun. It's like, look, um, dude out there, he gets two strikes on you, you're done for. Okay, he's gonna try to get ahead of you every time you get up there with his ninety six, ninety eight, whatever he's throwing. Dude, if it's around the place, be hunting. Like right now, from the batter's box, you're swinging. And that's, that's you, you go up there as a team and you're thinking that. And they were, you know, one pitch at bats, boom, 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 all over the field. You're going, what is going on? One of the greatest things I've seen from McClanahan's short career so far is he adjusted. He, he, he totally changed his, his repertoire and he said, okay. All right, you want to do that? Here comes the changeup. Here comes the curveball. Here comes the cutter. Oh, yeah, there's the fastball that you were hoping for, but now you've been looking at off speed for three pitches. Like, he completely uh, became just a, I don't know, like a technician out there and, and took away what they wanted to do and were successful in doing. They got him for two runs in the first inning, and, folks, that was it. He shut the door. And he also, you know, they came out in the sixth, I think, to talk to him, sixth or seventh, I can't remember which inning it was, because he looked like his neck was getting stiff or whatever, and he was, he was not having it. He was like, I am fine. I'll loosen this up. Don't worry. Get out of here. Um, I love his attitude. He puts sometimes almost too, pressure, uh, too much pressure on himself. But when you've got four pitches and you've got 98 to 100, brother, if you command that, I mean – I think the guy has, and I'm not just, I mean, we're early in the season here. I think he has a chance to win a Cy Young. I'm not kidding you. Because he could lead the majors. He does right now. I think he leads the majors in strikeouts, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, he's, when he's on, and I know he's given up some runs here. They're usually one bad pitch and somebody drives one out or whatever. He's as good as anybody in baseball. And to be left-handed and be doing that, a power pitcher, whoo. You know, one of the worries you had going into this year was Shane McClanahan. And I, and I don't mean worried about him and his stuff. He's got the stuff. Absolutely. The question was, is, you know, he's now the ace on this staff without Tyler Glass now, who's out for most of the year, if not the whole season. Was he ready to be an ace? And we're, there's no question about the stuff. Right, right. And, and you know... I think personally, I don't. Uh, going into the season, I said he's probably a number two or a three starter right now. And, and it's just youth. You don't have that experience, all that stuff that goes into it. You know, I, I don't think you come up to the majors and become an ace right away. That's just not the way it works. You got to have some experience. You got to go through the ups and downs and face these lineups, and you know that are unlike any lineups you're seeing in the minor leagues. You know, you have to grow into that role as an ace. It doesn't mean your stuff isn't ace worthy. But growing into it, and you kind of worried if Shane was not on a path too soon for that, not by choice of the team, yeah, by necessity, but by right. you know players getting hurt and glass now. So I mean, if we think back five, six, seven, whatever it was, when Chris Archer all of a sudden was elevated to the the number one spot and became the ace of the staff. Granted, he didn't have the stuff that Shane McClanahan has, right? But right. whether Chris was capable of being an ace or not. He was definitely thrust in that too early, and I don't think it, it worked out very well for him. No. You know, and, and he struggled a little bit with that. And, and it's not necessarily a fault of his, per se, 
there was a lot of injuries and stuff, and he kind of became the de facto ace. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if he was ready for that and going up against the best pitchers. And and so you had a little worry about that with Shane McClanahan this year. Not that, like I said, it has nothing to do with his stuff. It's just everything with everything else with it. But so far, you have to love what he's done and, and, and the, the tests he's passing. Boston tries to ambush him. Okay, I can change this up. Yep. I don't need to stick to what I was what I always do or what I was going to do going nope. in. Let me do it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a mature pitcher. Oh yeah, and 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 having a good catcher behind the plate to help you through that, and and obviously the organization and pitching coach and that, right? But to see that from Shane, you start going, whoa, you know, yeah. maybe he is ready for this role now. Maybe oh, it's not too soon. And, and like I said, it had nothing to do with the physical part. It's everything no. else about it. I, he, you know, last year I thought he was one of these guys that like was wound tighter than a clock. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one thing goes wrong, and it might not even be a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Guy hits one through the shift. Um, he walks somebody that he was 0-2, and he beat himself up. You could see him on the mound just sort of beating himself up, mm-hmm. or, or he'd give up a run, and it probably you know was a mistake that he made, and he comes off the mound. It could be in the first or second inning, and he's, he's just pounding his mitt, or he's rolling his eyes, or he's like screaming or whatever. And it was like, mm, that's a little more emotion than I want to see from my, from my starting pitcher, you know, like – because you're letting other teams see that you're frustrated and it's just not a good way to be productive. Now he seems to have a controlled aggression where he's not losing his bulldog because he is a bulldog. Like That's what I like. He'll, he will attack you with strikes. He will fill up the strike zone. He is not afraid. Um, he's coming at you, and, and that's why the best game plan is to be ready to hit because he's around the plate. I used to like hitting against guys. You know, th- There's something about, about going up there knowing you're going to see a lot of strikes. You know, regardless of whatever the pitch is, it's good to know that, hey, if I take a swing at this, it's probably a strike because the guy fills up the strike zone. Um, the bad news is if you're facing 98 or 99 or 100 and he's, and he's throwing change-ups, curveballs, and sliders at you, now you, if they're all strikes, now you got no chance because you're hoping that, like, well, he's got to have a pitch that he's not as confident in um, that he can't get over. No, he gets them all over. And – now he he just sort of has this 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 air about him, this confidence about him um, that's you know that that's really infectious, and I think he's I think he's been one of their early success. He he was believe it or not, the other night was the first game a starter had won the game for the Rays, had had posted a win, mm-hmm. uh, and we were some. Well, you most know, of their starters don't go five innings, so they well they still don't, have that including rule. him. His, yeah. his, his, his yeah, in yeah. his first two games. I think he went four and two thirds, so that was the other hump that he got to get over. But now, uh, you know, he just went. I think he went seven the other night. And and the other thing he's doing, and for a power pitcher, this is also rare. He's very efficient. He's not throwing a lot of pitches to people. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, he's not going deep into counts with you. You know, if you're going to get him, you're going to get him early, and he's right back on the mound throwing strikes. Well, a lot of so, power pitchers don't have four pitches. No, no, that's no. what makes him so unique and and rare that. A left-handed power pitcher doesn't have four pitches. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Two, maybe three. Right. Now it's been a nice surprise, and and you know, like I said, if they get some guys back um, healthy, that will be good. I, I like I like their lineup. They're still, to me, um, offensively, they're challenged. They really are. They're still challenged. I mean, it's great to have Wander, who's a freaking superstar. I mean, this guy. Some of the comments coming out of that Boston series too. Um, I think some of the Red Sox players talked about 
somebody described him as, and this is a stretch, you know, Ozzie Smith like defensive abilities with a Barry Bonds like mentality at the plate. Now he's clearly not a home run hitter, um, but I'll say this: he doesn't he doesn't swing at many bad pitches. Well, that's what Barry Bonds did. I mean, yeah, that's, I and mean, and he barrels everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so from that standpoint, there is some comparison, right? And Barry wasn't a switch hitter. No, no, but I mean, you know, Barry. You know, everyone talks about the home runs, of course, and he's the all-time leader. But it was his ability to know the strike zone. Yep. And yep. then when it was a strike, get that barrel of the bat on it. He nailed it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he didn't miss many. He and when I miss. say miss, I don't mean swing and miss. I mean like miss hit. Right. Right. Didn't barrel up for a bullet through somewhere, and that's kind of what Wander's doing right now. So, still hasn't played anything close to a complete season in the major leagues in terms of games yet, which is astounding. So they've got themselves. I mean, he he is on the. It's so early, and you hate to say it, like, but he's on this career path of becoming, you know, because of all he can do, one of the greatest Rays to ever play. And right now, you'd say that's probably Evan Longoria, right? But there's a reason they committed two hundred million to him for the next yeah, twelve years. I mean, yeah, there is. <laughs> there's no question in their mind he's a superstar, right? But you know what? And that too could change guys, right? At that young mm-hmm. age to get mm-hmm. that kind of money, uh, you could say second, well, I've arrived, or you know, hey, everybody knows I'm great. Mm, not this guy. This guy still, by all definitions, works really hard and um, still wants to get better and, and just loves to play the game and is really good at it. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch the Rays. They, they, I think they're starting to come around, and they got to get some guys back. But it's nice to see the bullpen come in and be able to have a day like that where that many guys, uh, you know, from different arm angles and right and left and, and combine for a no-hitter against a pretty good hitting Red Sox team. I mean, I know it's not maybe one of the best they've ever had, but – um, they can still put up numbers. So mm-hmm. uh, they got to be pleased with their start. I mean, given the fact that they kind of stumbled early and, and now they've, they've you know, righted the ship a little bit. I think, I think Kevin Cash has a lot to, uh, to look forward to, and as do the Rays fans. Good crowds because there's a lot of Red Sox. I get that, but mm-hmm. it was nice to see some good crowds downtown. Speaking of crowds, did you see the Yankees crowds? No, I haven't. Did you see what the, alf- uh, the bleacher creatures did to the Indians? I did see that. It was, uh, yeah, and I saw one of the Indians, or not the Indians now. Let's, I'm let's, sorry, did I say Indian Guardians? I'm sorry. The Guardians, there you go. You, you can't spell Guardians without something in it. But, um, yeah, I did see that one of the players looked like he was climbing the wall to go after yeah, somebody. They were and throwing then, beers. and Yeah, Aaron Judge and them ran out there and kind of calmed things down a little bit. You know? But, yeah, the New York, man. Whew. You never know what you're going to get out there, that's for sure. Um you know, so, I'm all for fans having – you can yell and scream, keep it clean. But you start trying – you try, start trying to hurt people. There's no place for that, period. No. I, I, you know, you can you know questionable some of the stuff that gets said, okay, but you start throwing stuff, man. That's not, that's not right at all. And I hope, no. they, I hope they figure out what those fans are and, and, you know, ban them for life. I mean – get rid of that crap. hope so we got enough videotape they should be able to be able to identify people and and yeah buying a ticket doesn't give you the license to be a complete idiot you know and i think that also goes with what you say i know there's free speech in this country but you know that's the other thing that's gotten out of hand too you know is it just no decorum whatsoever and i think you can be abusive that way whether you throw something on the field or not and i don't think anybody around you wants to hear your mouth so um hopefully they cut that out as well 
Anyway, um, tomorrow we're going to talk, uh, of course, about uh, Bruce Arians, about Tom Brady. Still lots going on with those situations. Uh, Chris Sims report that the Miami Dolphins had offered a second-round pick for him. I'll give you my thoughts on that. Uh, the Lightning had their final game tonight against Columbus. The Rays start their series with Seattle. We forgot to uh, mention the Lightning were at the White House on Monday. For the first time, oh, after right. three championships, the Lightning finally made a trip to the White House. So <laughs> It only took three. Yeah, you know. Um, well, listen, uh, Tampa Bay teams had, uh, until the Bucks showed up uh, after they won the Super Bowl, they had never been there. Mm-hmm. And the Lightning won in 04. They didn't get there. The Bucks won 2002, and uh, the Gulf War occurred. So there was always something going on. Um, the Lightning got to celebrate not one but two championships. And, you know, it's always um, – I did it with the Bucks. It, it, it is always a cool thing to, to be – on that ground in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm kind of a geek when it comes to history and, and stuff like that, but you do feel the immense power of that place. Uh, you can't help but feel it when you're there. And we were talking while we were watching the ceremony before the podcast as we did this uh, on uh, Tuesday that, uh, you know, I didn't realize that you counted, what, five American players? So I, I was kind of like, hey, why isn't Stamkos up there? Or why isn't – and it's like, yeah, they're not – they're not from the U.S. So mm-hmm. it was Ryan McDonough that escorted yeah. the president and Jeff and Penny Vinnick uh, right. with, with to the the podium, and then Ryan McDonough is the one who spoke. As, Which was you know, cool. Stamkos yeah. is captain. Is Canadian. Kalorn's an alternate Canadian. Victor yeah. Hedman alternate. He's Swedish. Swedish. That yeah. Ryan McDonough, being from Minnesota, was the one who spoke in that, which was really cool. Yeah, and if you had any doubt, yeah. yes, the Russian players went as well. They mm-hmm. were there. Yeah. Matthew um, Joseph came came to the ceremony. Yeah, Obviously, that was an off day. Braden Coburn, who's retired, and Curtis McElhinney, who's retired, were both there. That was really neat. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. It's a, like I said, it's a. I, I I don't know what the players. I guess we'll we'll read about in Tampa Bay Times. Eduardo Encina was up there, and and I just know that um, talking to the Bucks players, uh, most of whom have not had not been to the White House, and you you know they get they get the good tour too. It's not the dime mm-hmm. store tour. Like they get before they come out on the into the South Lawn. Um, you know, they're escorted around that building, um, in the nation's capital and they get to see a lot of things. Um, that's just, I, I've been all through it. And I, I told this story before I was fortunate enough to even make it to the Oval Office, which is still incredible to me, but that building is, is, is unbelievable. It's the people's house and it's really, really got just history oozing from it everywhere you turn. Um, you know, there's the painting of Washington that Dolly Madison had saved from the fire when the you know White House caught fire. So th- there's there's so much there, and that most players or most people that go through there, including the players, um, they're very inspired by. It. Like, it's just it. There's just so much history there um, that I I don't think you can go there, and so it's really a reward. It's kind of neat. I know it's in the, it's at the end of the season. It's kind of an awkward time to do it. They just played that game in Sunrise. And then they had to come back to Tampa, and then they, they flew up from Sunrise, but they got to spend a day there, and it was it was kind of neat. We're at the end of the season, but at least they got to do it. And You wonder and how much important. that doesn't just push them a little more for the playoffs. Like, they got this reward a week before the playoffs, and I'm like, this is cool. This is all. I mean, it's kind of that get those juices flowing a little bit. I want to do this again. You know, not that they need motivation. Because I, I think you know the last few games you, they've shown, but you know it, some of the perks that come with winning and, and getting your day with the Stanley Cup and you know all the things that go with it. But to be able to do that right before the playoffs start, going man, let's do that again. 
let's meet back here next fall or next spring or whatever time it is. I think yeah. so. I mean, I th- I think all of it, right? I think the boat parade. I think I think mm-hmm. you know there is so much to being a champion that is is purely yours. You know, I'm just like, saying a reminder. A week before the playoffs, this happened. Yes, and yes. Like, the hey, timing is good. Let's do yeah. that again. Heck yeah. Yeah, no, the timing is good. The Bucks did it before the start of last season. So yeah, maybe if they'd have done it before the playoffs began, they'd have been more inspired. But it, it really is it really is a reward. And it's uh typically done earlier in the season, you know, but kind of usually before you start the next one, but that's okay. Um however you did it, you did it. So anyway, we'll talk about all that tomorrow and more. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Steve Burstick Gumrick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a good day, everybody. 